Welcome to the One Life City Church podcast. This is the One Life City Church podcast, and this is the Summer Bible Study Series. I am your host, Elliot Chung, and I get to be one of the pastors here. And today, we all get to be with Nan Harold, who's our guest, and she's going to be bringing her uh, wonderful perspective um, but before we get into the text, Nan, is there like one interesting, fun, perhaps random tidbit you would mind sharing with, with us? Sure. So recently I've been playing a word search game and I've gotten really far in the levels. And I think some of the levels are designed to make people pay money to get hints mm. because some of these categories are so random that what are the chances that someone's going to know stuff about say gardening and then also know something about uh fish species <laughs> and <laughs> one thing that i've realized is that my tendency to hop from subject to subject in terms of my interests every three months mm-hmm. has come in really handy for doing word searches <laughs> not so much for any practical application yeah. in my life that i can tell but very much <laughs> i am totally killing this word search <laughs> yes well very cool um well, it's really nice to have a, another fellow uh, Enneagram Four on the podcast. So I feel like sure. I, I feel like we we bring a lot of good uh, insight <laughs> uh, to Definitely. to stuff like this. So, with that in mind, let's just go straight into it. So, um, which what what text are we going into today, Nan? So today we're going to be reading Psalm three. It's a Psalm of David describing his feelings when he fled from his son Absalom, who was rebelling against him. Yeah, sounds great. All right, Psalm three. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again, because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Um... A lot of big emotions here, uh, I feel like. But um, yeah, so when you read that, Nan, what are some things that stand out to you as as you read that text? Well, the interesting thing about this text is that it does relate to the other verses that were listed in the Bible study reading plan for this week. Hmm. Um, So first of all, the story about Absalom and his rebellion against David. It's interesting because we all know the story about David and Bathsheba and some of the consequences of his sin that come out of this. And in a way, Absalom's rebellion is a continuation of the consequences of that sin. Yeah. Yeah. So David had ruled for 37 years by this point. Hmm. People knew him far and wide. He was renowned as the greatest king of Israel. And yet he continues to have fallout from his affair with Bathsheba. And this culminates in a way with Absalom, his second born, expecting to inherit the throne. Now, David and Absalom were not on good terms. Absalom had murdered his own brother because of something that his brother did that was extremely sinful. 
Mm-hmm. And yet, despite his brother's sin, David still forgave him and was still upset at Absalom for the fact that he killed his own brother. Yeah. So Absalom, by human standards was definitely entitled to feeling resentful about this. And it's totally understandable that he should feel that he should rule. Yeah. But I think his greatest sin was in the fact that he chose to take the throne while his father was still alive and lead a rebellion against his father. And like you said, Elliot, there are a lot of emotions here, lots of ups and downs. And um, one thing I will note is that the structure of this Mm. begins with, David saying, this is what people say, but I know God's character and mm-hmm. I know that God will deliver me because I know his character. Yeah. Like, um, that's one thing I noticed like right away too, as, as you're reading it, it's like this, almost like this, there, there's a layered conversation. So the la- a conversation of what people are saying about him, but there's a conversation that he's having with God and it's like, it's very internal. Um, so like there's something kind of a pattern there. One of the ways that I feel like it's helpful that's been helpful for me is to like to think of uh, Hebrew psalms and other Hebrew ancient Hebrew poetry as there's a rhyming scheme, but not like how we think of rhyme. Like it's we, it's it's phonetic, right? It's in sound, but in ancient poetry, it, it's there's a rhyming in, of, of ideas. And so, like when you mentioned that's a pattern, um, yeah, there's something there. Is there is there any kind of like patterns like that that jump out to you? And um, you mentioned like the conversation um, that's going back and forth, but any, or if you want to elaborate on that, or if you see any other pattern. Sure. So David contrasts the people that are chasing after him as the many. He says, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Mm. Tens of thousands assail me on every side. And the funny thing about that is not only were there tens of thousands of people who were assailing him, who were following faithful to his son, but there was um, a son of Saul, the king that he overthrew. That was yeah. basically running across the river across from him and this chucking rocks at him <laughs> and cursing at him. And it's just this one guy who's just really angry and by himself yeah, yeah. and shouting curses at David. And David refuses to let his general, Joab, his general is like, dude, let me just go over there and just bust this guy and like teach him a lesson. <laughs> but it was like, no, he's fine. <laughs> just let <Yeah>. him be. <laughs> so definitely. So yeah, David contrasts the many hmm. that are assailing him with the God that delivers him. And he also talks about how the many rise up against him, how they're coming from below him. And yet God is a shield around him and God comes down from his holy mountain. Mm, so there's this yeah. layering of people are down here and they're trying to overcome me. But God is up here and he is so mm. much greater and he surrounds, his presence surrounds this entire yeah. uh, camp of mine. So yeah. I do not need to fear. And it's just a really great perspective that he's providing there. He talks yeah. very little for only two verses about his foes. And then the rest of it all is about God's power and God's ability to deliver. Mm. It's just really great perspective. I think we're talking 25% human struggle and then <laughs> like 75% God is going to prevail. Yeah. But it's interesting how like that 25% doesn't feel like that in our minds, like it, in, in, the, in our mental, like how we, how we carry it. And um, yeah, it just it just consumes us whenever we we go through something like this. When we feel like someone's like they 
so whoever like they have it out against us right and we start having these imaginary conversations about what people think are you know doing it and like you you put something out there on t- interwebs and you just there's one negative like dislike visual thumb pointing and you automatically think oh they're thinking this and this and this right and this. yeah the weight of it in our <laughs> mind is so much more than the weight of all the positive feedback we receive yeah yeah for so sure true. and but i love i love that comparison that you make about like again like kind of going back to the rhyming of ideas like um, there's these foes rising against him, but then the rhyming, the opposite is that there's a shield around him. Um, there's an enemy coming toward him, but there's a shield around him. And that gets elaborated to like how um, he's the one who lifts his head on high. And the rhyming of idea is then uh, he answers from his holy mountain. So he lifts the head up high and the, the mountain, that's a kind of rhyming of ideas. Um, yeah, he looks down, but yeah, he's up there kind of thing. Yeah, just really, really fascinating stuff. Let's transition to interpretation. So what are kind of more maybe broader themes that you see here? Some of them we already hit on, but like, yeah, what are some kind of big questions? What are some kind of broader strokes, things that you're seeing here? But by the way, so far I love the... connection that you're making between this psalm and just the greater kind of wider context it really makes this psalm come even more alive so with all all that in mind what are what are some things that are coming up yeah i'm glad you brought that up the fact that this psalm is directly related to a story in the bible and experience that david had that we're all familiar with through Mm -hmm. the book of kings so one big question I had was, why does God deliver people who don't deserve it? Because once again, a lot of mm. what's happening right now is a direct consequence of David's sins and even things that aren't considered sin ne- sins necessarily, mm. but that one could consider maybe irresponsibility. So mm. by no account does David seem to be all that great of a father. Let's be honest. He very much loves his kids. He has a lot of compassion on his kids. But even in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 6, David's third son decides to take over the throne once again. So this is a repeated pattern of behavior. Mm. 1 Kings 1, verse 6, it explicitly says that David did not rebuke his kids mm. and call them out on their poor behavior. Yeah. So it seems he was a very hands-off father. Is that a sin? Not necessarily. But... Given David's track record as a father and lack of track record as a disciplinarian, it stands to reason that in some ways he basically brought this on himself. He did a very poor job setting boundaries with his kids. And that's very evident in the behavior that his children exhibit Mm -hmm. throughout the Old Testament. So the question is that I had, where does David get off thinking that he deserves (laughs) to have deliverance (laughs) from God? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that was something that yeah. I very much struggled with. Yeah, These are just natural consequences. And yeah. doesn't God honor natural consequences and allow us to experience those because of our own sin? Mm, yeah. And that was my big question. And of course, when you get to the interpretation, I then have to turn it around and say, why does God deliver me ever? Yeah. Why is it yeah, that when I true. call out to God, doesn't matter how badly I've sinned, he delivers me. And there have been so many instances where I know I don't deserve it. I know that 
you know, I showed up to work late mm. or because of whatever reason. And I should have probably been lectured about it. And for whatever reason, it doesn't matter that day. I'm <laughs> able to make it up some other way. Um, my own internal guilt, I guess, <laughs> drives yeah, me yeah, to yeah. redeem myself. But it's not like I deserved that mercy in any way. Mm-mm. So why is it that when I lie down and sleep that I wake up again? Because the Lord sustains me. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I think what I've come to a conclusion on with this verse is that the way that David speaks about God, at no point does he blame God for Absalom's rebellion. At no mm. point does David try to point the finger back at himself and say, this is my fault. Granted, he may have said that in his personal life and his personal meditations, but at least in the Psalm, we don't see any instance yeah. of David making it about himself. It's all about God and what God is able to do. Mm-mm. And really, I think the bigger picture here that we see in this is yes, there were things that were done wrong on all sides, but in the end, what really ultimately matters is that David knows God's character and he calls out and calls upon God's character. Cause even mm. though we may make mistakes, even though we may not make the right decisions, even if it's sin or not, the fact yeah. is that God is there. He's up there on his holy mountain and he will deliver yeah. us. Yeah. And the Psalm yeah. is an invitation to walk with God in that and not to just focus on ourselves, our role mm. in it and beat ourselves up about it, but mm. to recognize that God is there because that's who he is. He is our shield. Oh, that, that's so good. Oh man, there's so much to unpack there. Cause like, man, I'm always looking for good kids, Christian like content. And it's, it's so rare. I feel like I know like there's, corny. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, yeah, when I when I look for it, like still it's still stuff from like the seventies. I'm like, yo, come on, come on, you're like, um, but this, yeah, but I, I found this and it's like, it's like puppets. It still looks like like it looks like the pilot for Sesame Street, you know. Um, but we 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 found this album. He's this hip hop artist I, I I followed for a while, and he recently came out with this album called Jesus Jesus Kids, and on one of the songs he talks about like like different characters from the Bible. He just names them like this person wasn't good enough. This person good enough. And David obviously is, is part of that. The, David wasn't good enough. You know, Elijah wasn't good enough. And then, and this is the hook. And then it ends with, but only Jesus. And so it reminds me of that, of how really what we get all throughout scripture. Maybe this is one of the cadences that we see in scripture is that what we see is all these people, even like these great heroes like David, just we just see that they weren't good enough. He was a great king, but he was a so-so dad, and he was a so-so husband, and he was a so-so friend. When we find out what we did, like with Bathsheba's wife, right? Yeah, um, definitely. But we see that it's really ultimately Jesus who's good enough, and um, obviously King David didn't know who Jesus was. He he might have had some idea of what the Messiah might be like, but he knew God's character, and so um, I think you kind of summarize it in terms of like. Yeah, he in some ways he did feel entitled to his deliverance, but only because he knew who God. Like maybe it wasn't him, maybe it wasn't his entitlement, but but he really had faith and and really sincerely knew who God was. And so maybe that's, um, yeah, he, I mean, the Bathsheba thing is horrible. Like yeah, definitely he he had no boundaries with his kids. That's not that's not good parenting. Uh, but at the end of the day, that he was able to really have a sense a clear sense of who God is and have that relationship because of God. Like, um, I feel like that's definitely a lesson that we take from King David's life, 
But really, I wonder if that's one of the lessons, sub lessons that we see from the scripture as a whole. Like we, there none of these people who are quote unquote great heroes of the faith um, are like so so great. But really, it's it's really comes down to Jesus. Like um, I recently read this, saw this post. They're like, uh, preachers who only quote from the Apostle Paul. That's a red flag, you know. Like, like I, I see your point, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he 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 did this great stuff too. And so, like, being able to hold that together um, and just knowing that that's the state of humanity, but yet not realizing we don't find our hope in that, or we don't bank our hope in that, but we bank our hope in in, in God and, and Jesus. I feel like that's beautiful. I love how that ties in with what you were saying about the cadence of scripture. And it sounds like this hip hop artist has in a way put together the cadence of all of these different books of the Bible. It is mm-hmm. about how this person wasn't good enough. This person wasn't good enough. Only Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, this is, this is so good. Like, like I love how even a short, like eight verses like this, it's allowing us to see a, a deeper story of D- King David, but also it's allowing us to see the kind of greater, one of the broad strokes throughout all scripture. I think this is one of the things that makes the Bible so wonderful. And so we've been referring to this in the other episodes too, but how really it is alive and is breathing. And so we get eight verses, but yet we're we're getting a glimpse into all 66 books of the Bible in, in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other kind of like big themes that come out to you? Any other questions? Because, yeah, let's see if there's more that we could unpack from here. Yeah. So one thing that I noted was that David doesn't, assign to God what God's deliverance should look like. He asks God Mm. to strike all his enemies on the jaw and to break the teeth of the wicked. He doesn't say, God, strike down my enemies and kill them. He (laughs) says, strike my enemies on the jaw. The jaw is the part of the body that talks, breaking the teeth of the wicked. The teeth is, in a way, if you want to think of the wicked as an animal, the wicked, uh, the teeth are the weapon. But Mm, I think because David... He's much older at this point when he wrote this psalm, so he's gotten to know God's character even more. And I think because of that, he doesn't ask God to strike down his enemies and give them justice. He doesn't even want Absalom to be killed, and he's actually rather upset, and that leads to a division between him and his generals when he mourns his son's death. But because David knows God's character, he lets God take the justice that God sees being fit. And I think mm. so often we try to measure success on our own terms. We think yeah. this is what it looks like when God delivers me. And the fact that mm. David doesn't do that, he just accepts what comes. He accepts that Absalom is rising to power and he gathers up his trusted people and they walk and they mourn. But they, at no point do they talk about fighting. At no point do they talk about trying to overthrow Absalom yeah. through physical means. He doesn't charge into battle saying... I'm the rightful king, so therefore I'm going to win this and God's going to be with me in battle. He doesn't assign that. He just waits for Mm. God to deliver him. And I think that's really a maturity that comes with having a really long relationship with God. That's the type of maturity that Jesus had. And it's the type of maturity that I think that we all should be striving for. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder if that's also one of the reasons why King David is seen in such stature in terms of like just his how he rolls as a king, it's so antithetical to the rest of ancient culture, or even now, like even like human nature yeah. of, hey man, like your son did you wrong. Like 
cut off his inheritance. It makes sense. You know, he's a total jerk. He wants to kill you. Like, you right. know, what? Um, but he still had compassion. Um, and so we even see nowadays how people would be divided on on that, right? Yeah, um, definitely. And like, like the idea of overpowering, like it's just, that's what kings are supposed to do. But we see David being like this antithetical figure, this other kind of, he provides the world like, there's there's another way there's another yeah, there's way to an do alternative this. yeah which is very much what jesus did too so you can definitely see the parallels between david's approach to things as an imperfect image of god versus jesus's ultimate sacrifice mm. asking for deliverance and having deliverance come through his own death and resurrection All right. So with that, let's move on to the application. What are some takeaways for you as you read this? What are what are some things that the Holy Spirit is saying to you as you process everything we've talked about so far today? I think definitely the big picture for me that I'm getting from this verse is that we need to be more in tune with God's character. Mm. I feel like I often, like I was saying, I often assign what success looks like. I often assume that if I'm going to follow God, then my life should look a certain way. And just realizing that I'm going to have low days and up days. Like I tend to have um, a lot of variability in my emotions. I don't know if that's me and my mental health or if that's mm. an Enneagram four. Maybe you can speak into that. Do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, I'm, yeah, I'm all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The cycles of emotion, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I feel all the feels and sometimes I'm just good in a healthier place and yeah. staying away from that. But really the, the message here is that the character of God is constant mm. and it's the anchor that we can cling to. So yeah. whether or not I'm in good circumstances, low circumstances, I know that God's got my back. I know he's my shield. And I so yeah. often forget that when I'm just thinking about natural consequences and focusing on, well, is this what I deserve is I did this wrong. So therefore I'm going to have to deal with this. And mm. not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think taking yeah. responsibility is never a bad thing yeah. in your life. But some of the anxiety and worry that comes out of thinking about, oh, am I going to mess up? Am I, did I do something completely unforgivable? How am I going to get in trouble for this? Mm. I have to keep reminding myself that that's not necessarily what's due me. What's mm. due me is God's forgiveness and whatever it is that God wants to send my way. Yeah. And I think just in staying in conversation with him, that's the most important thing. It's not about doing the right thing. And then God mm. comes and delivers me. It's about having that conversation with God mm. saying, you know, this is happening in the world right now, but I don't need to be afraid because I know that God's got my back. Yeah. That's, that's so good. I, as you share, one of the things that come, come to my mind is like, I, I feel like there are things that at least personally that I, I grew up culturally in, and I feel like my, because as a pastor's kid and as, as a, being a part of an immigrant church culture and faith was so intertwined. I feel like a lot of them, it was, it wasn't until like later in my, as an adult where I began to like learn to just kind of separate the two. And so I, I do feel a lot of shame in terms of like, Oh, I didn't read the Bible enough. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, or, or like it's I performance based a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, and so it, and so what you're sharing, then it's so healing 
um, that yeah, I might. Um, it's tempting for me to think like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm going through a rough season because you know I haven't been doing X, Y, and Z. Um, but really, ultimately, it's it com- it really comes down to God's grace, you know, and um, and in that, as we as he learned to um, recognize God's grace, it draws us closer and closer to want to be with Him even more and more. Um, and then it's like this thing that may, one of like Satan's oldest tricks are like, oh, you're not good enough, so just mm-hmm. what, just stay in there. Like I used to tell people like. Hey, you know, like, um, it, whenever like they ask, like, "Hey, like, I'm hungry. What do you want to eat?" It's like, I've I've been eating so unhealthy lately, so I'm just gonna continue eating unhealthy. So let's go to Jack in the Box, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's like I do the same thing spiritually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but we we see a very kind of opposite thing with with Jesus and how, how the Holy Spirit makes his invitation toward us. It's like, yeah, you haven't reading a scripture. That's okay. I still want to be with you. And you feel like you miss me. Well, I miss you that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, as you're sharing, Nan, I, I, I feel like I'm hearing that grace again, um, of like, yeah, you know, you, you might not be, um, to like this level of what you think is, is a good Christian, you know, but like, I, I still love you. I still receive you. You're still mine. I'm still your God. I'm still, um, your deliverer. I'm still your shield. And I feel like in such a performance based kind of way of growing up, especially how I exercise how I have been exercising my faith, I really needed that reminder. Yeah, and I'm sure not just having the pressure of being a pastor's kid, but having the pressure of being a pastor, I love that you're able to admit that and to talk about the ways that you struggle with that, because I think we all do. You can never read the Bible enough. You can never never be consistent enough because there's always going to be days when it's just not going to work out. So yeah, I just wanted to affirm you much like what we see in David here, what I see in you is that your character shows that you're in that walk with God. Mm-hmm. And even if the performance isn't always there, definitely the character is forming there. And I think really ultimately that's what this verse is about. It's about character formation mm-hmm. and being the type of person who can still look to God no matter how difficult the situation is. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely receive that, Nan. And I you know, say the same thing about you, Nan. You... Um, you really inspire me in like in in your in how you are so engaged and present, and and how you are so engaged and present not only in physically in the church community, but um, in your relationship with Jesus. And it comes across in how in in how you are so intentional about how you parent and how you teach. And so, thank you so much for this. And I wonder if um, kind of the general um, encouragement for um, for everyone listening is, hey man, if you if you feel like you haven't been reading. That's okay. Like, yes. <laughs> um, you can follow, follow. It's it's still not too late. You can still follow along. All right. So with that, Nan, thank you so much for taking the time to unpack this beautiful psalm together. Thank you for unpacking the the background story and everything, and just reminding us of how the beauty of it is that we get to engage in God's character and pursue that together. So, thank Definitely. you so much. So that concludes today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and. Grace and peace to each of you. Hope you have a great week. And as you continue to read God's word, I pray that it will come to life in more and different surprising ways. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is a podcast of One Life City Church in Fullerton, California. If you would like to connect with us, visit our website at onelifecitychurch.org or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram.